All right, Ephesians chapter number 4 tonight, Ephesians chapter number 4, and I'm going to read uh, verses 26 down through verse 32, the end of the chapter. Uh, This is a a fairly familiar passage of Scripture, and I'm going to uh, touch on a subject tonight that I think we, I don't think this, I know we need to be reminded of from time to time, and there are some things that... Uh, all of us have a hard time with. Uh, you say, Pastor, how can you say that? Because we're all flesh. Uh, we have the same emotions. <clears throat> and so uh, I, I want to remind us tonight that uh, uh, making decisions based on your emotions is never a good idea. As a matter of fact, it's always a bad idea. Uh, that's why we, we, we need to know what Bible principles are. They tell us how to govern our emotions. And so I want us to look at Ephesians chapter number 4. Begin reading with verse number 26. Be ye angry, and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Uh, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Notice verse 32, and be ye kind. There's a lot in this verse that we're told to do um, that goes against our very nature goes against our flesh, and be ye kind. I'm not teaching on this tonight, but, you know, be kind. Christians should be kind. Um, and it's good for us to remember to be, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, <clears throat> forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Verse 32 is used, I would say, majority of, of my experience using it or be, heard it preached on and taught, and certainly this accurate, uh, with that phrase, forgiving one another. Here's a command for us to forgive one another. And I want to remind us that we have a responsibility to forgive one another. And we're going to use that thought, I want to use that thought to set the stage, set the platform, if you will, for what I'm actually going to teach on. Um, because there's some things that lead to us having the ability to forgive or not having the ability to forgive. There's a lot of Christians who sit on church pews. They carry their King James Bible. They cross their fundamental T's. They dot their independent Baptist I's, and their hearts are full of unforgiveness. The reason why that is, is because of anger and bitterness. The reason why many people have a hard time forgiving is because they've gotten bitter because they got angry. Now, I want to teach tonight on guarding against anger and bitterness. You may recognize some of this. I taught a, a little series about nine years ago on forgiveness on Wednesday nights. And this Bible study was, has evolved from one of those Bible studies, but it's certainly uh, something for us to be reminded about 
guarding against anger and bitterness. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the fact that it shines a light on our weaknesses. Uh, It is a mirror that shows us our faults. It shows us our weaknesses and also gives us instruction on how that we can guard against failure. We can guard against the things that will destroy us spiritually. Father, I pray that you'll bless the study tonight, for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I'm going to move very quickly. I have six points tonight and probably 15 subpoints, uh, but I'm going to move very quickly in this tonight. Bitterness, it, you, you, you know me pretty well. You, you've, many of you have known me my whole life. I've grown up in church. Um, I grew up in a pastor's home. I have seen just about all there is to see when it comes to Christians. And even though I can say that, nothing that Christians do surprise me. Uh, nothing that goes on in this world is really surprising. But one problem that, that I see just that grabs a hold of Christians and does not let go and destroys lives is bitterness. Bitterness has destroyed more Christians than alcohol ever will. Bitterness will destroy more lives than immorality ever will. Bitterness destroys the lives of Christians. The most vicious people that the church of today deals with is bitter Christians. I can make this statement with authority based on my experience. This lost world has treated me better. Lost world treats churches like this better than so-called Christians do. And it's because they're bitter. It's because bitterness has gotten a hold of them and destroyed them. Where does that bitterness come from? It comes from anger. I make this statement often. I'm going to make it again tonight to kind of get us into the Bible study. If you attend church, any church, any length of time, you spend as much time together as we spend together, somebody's going to offend you. Somebody's going to say something to you that either, one, they meant to offend you, or you took it as an offense. I pray that I don't do it, but it is possible for me to offend you. It is possible. Why were so many of you nodding your head right there when I said that? It's it's possible for me to say something, uh, and I hope that I check my emotions, uh, but I'm human. But we ought to give, and I have a philosophy that I try and live by, everybody gets a chance to be human. Everybody gets an opportunity to have a bad day. Now, some of you are going on three years on your bad day, so let's uh, get on with that. The point I'm trying to make is the Bible says a lot about a child of God being quick to forgive, being slow to anger, watching what we say, how we say it. You can't judge. We say, well, well, the Lord knows my heart. Okay, let let me help us with that just for a moment. He does, Um, but I don't, so how can I judge by what you say, by what you do? Now, I know you, you know me, we know each other, but what I'm saying is we we should be careful not to offend, and if we think we have, we we ought to ask, seek forgiveness, but be quick to forgive. I believe the Lord led me to this tonight because it's good for us to be reminded, but there's a lot to be angry about. As an American, I'm angry about what's going on in my nation. 
as a child of God, it's easy for me to get angry. Um, the Bible talks about anger. We're going to talk about that tonight. But we have to be very careful that we don't let that anger go to bitterness. That bitterness is going to go to unforgiveness, and the Christian is going to be destroyed because of that bitterness. So we, we need to be reminded that bitterness can destroy us. Bitterness is something that we need to be on guard of. As we look in verse number 32, I think there's a lot of good, I'll say good, they didn't have, they made some mistakes, Christians, but because of bitterness, that's going to be the thing that keeps them from getting back to God. Pastor, don't people know that God, you know, there's no issue, there's no, they can just come back to God. Yes, but they have bitterness in their heart and it's keeping them from doing it. And that's what we need to all be reminded. There's not a problem with this book. I got offended. This book offends my flesh. There's a lot of Christians bitter at God. They're angry at God. They they didn't deal with the emotion properly. We've got to be very, very careful not to let bitterness destroy us. Let's read verse 32 again. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Ephesians chapter 4 is a great chapter in the Bible. It ends with forgive, forgiving one another. That is an action, that, that is a, that's a state we should be in. Forgiving one another. I should forgive you, you should forgive me. We should forgive one another. That keeps us from holding a grudge. That keeps us from being bitter. So where does that start? We look at verse number 26, and we see a progression that goes down to that command, that admonition to forgive one another. Um, It begins with anger. If I get bitter at you, it starts with either an offense or a perceived offense against me that I get angry about, that I get upset about. There's something that takes place, either justified or unjustified, that causes that emotion. Now, I said at the very beginning, we got to be very careful not to make decisions by emotion because they will get us in trouble. So we're to go by what the Word of God says, how we're supposed to act when it comes to our emotions. There's a lot of Christians out of church, and they don't need to be out of church. They got out of church because they got angry at something that took place. They got angry at the pastor. They got angry at somebody else. They got angry about some situation. And they let that anger take them down a path that, quite frankly, I don't know if they'll ever come back from. Because once that bitterness gets a hold of you, it destroys you. It, 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 it eats away at you on, from the inside. And you look at the most unhappy people are bitter Christians. Most unhappy people. I have never, maybe you've never had this wonderful experience. Sadly, I've had it many times. You try and talk to, a, talk to somebody trying to have a, I'm just bitter. They say it just like that. It's never, I'm just bitter. I'm happy about it. It's, I'm just bitter. And, and I've gotten to the place when I, whenever I have one of these conversations, and I say, did you just hear what you just said and how you just said it? 
bitterness will destroy. So bitterness destroys us. I want to guard against it. I want to be aware of it. I want to keep that far away from me. And part of guarding against it is know that I'm susceptible to getting bitter. So are you. Just look at what the Bible says tonight. Look, number one, we must understand that anger in and of itself is not a sin. Notice verse 26. Be ye angry. Now some of, some of us may have taken a black sharpie and redacted the rest of that scripture, but I don't think God's okay with that. There's more to that verse than just be ye angry. But we must understand, number one, that anger in and of itself is not a sin. The Bible says, be ye angry. You should get upset about some things. There's something wrong with a child of God if abortion, baby murder, doesn't, get, doesn't raise your blood pressure. To hear this book to be questioned and blaspheme, it makes me angry. To hear the name of my Savior blasphemed makes me angry. We have emotions. God made them that way. We should get angry at certain things. Quite frankly, the reason why a lot of times the devil gets into our homes and into our lives is because we don't get angry. We ought to be upset. You're paying attention now, aren't you? I'm, get, I'm getting angry at the sound. I'm gonna, I'll switch. I don't know what's going on. I'll go ahead and switch over. But we get, we get angry about things that take place because that's the way, it's the emotion that God gave us. So we do get anger, angry. Somebody wrongs you, what is a natural reaction? You get angry about it. You get upset about it. Uh, the account of Christ going into the temple and overturning the, the changing tables and all the things that shouldn't have been in, in, in his house. But we know that Jesus never sinned. Um, we, likewise, we can be angry without sinning. But can I say, it's, it's not as satisfying in that anger to control that anger but we must understand that anger in and of itself is not a sin. Sometimes we say, well, I just don't want to go to church where the pastor ever gets angry and never raises his voice. Well, I'm sorry. I'm going to get angry at sin and what sin does to lives. I'm going to get upset about it. Um, every parent ought to be upset when the devil tries to destroy their child. It ought to, it ought to make them angry. Uh, that's just the, that's that's the way it should be. But we don't have to sin in that. We must understand that anger in and of itself is not a sin. Here, here's just a few things to remember under this point. Expect to be angry. There are going to be. If we're going to guard against bitterness, don't be shocked when you get angry about something. I just can't believe that I got upset about that today. Well, you get upset about it every single time. I mean, you ever taken a taco go to eat it and the the middle fall out? I mean, that. How upsetting is that? Every time that happens, I lose it. That's just all there is to it. There's expect to get angry. It's the holiday time. When the mother-in-law, well, anyway, <laughs> expect to be angry. Um, matter of fact, it would do all of us well as Christians to know what does anger us. What does make us angry? Prepare for anger. 
next, next thing I'll mention underneath number one, prepare for anger. Um, know that you're going to get anger, angry, prepare for it. Know how you're going to deal with it before you have to deal with it. You know, 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 how, know what you need to do, what you need to avoid. Here's, here's the next thing I'll mention. Allow others to be angry. Uh, we all have these emotions. We want to hold others to a higher standard than we want ourselves held to. Well, I'm sorry. They just don't understand. I get angry. Okay, well, don't get upset when the same thing that angered you angers them. Allow others to be angry. <clears throat> Do not expect anger to resolve itself. That's a key one. Do not expect anger to resolve itself. It can hold on. Especially when there's a reminder of the offense and you get angry about it every time you're reminded about it. You know, we have those emotions, and we have things. You can take anger, you can take grief, you can take sorrow. There's certain things that are going to bring to mind those emotions. And it, dealing with anger tonight is going to make us angry every single time. Uh, do not expect anger to resolve itself. Be aware of what makes you angry. Be spiritual in your anger. Uh Something I won't elaborate on much because it goes a different direction. Understand that anger can't, can't lead to a positive result. When anger is handled spiritually, good can come from it. So we have to understand that anger in and of itself is not a sin. It is a natural response. Now, we ought to get angry at the right things. It, don't misunderstand. A child that gets angry at a parent for making them obey, that's not anger that is justified. That's rebellion manifested in their anger. A Christian that gets angry at God, that's not anger that's justified. It, it, it's, re, it, it's, it's rebellion manifesting itself in his anger. But understand, you can get angry and it not be a sin because the Bible says, be ye angry. And quite frankly, this goes against kind of the rest of this teaching, but I think it's good for us to say it. I've already said it. We need Christians that, that do get angry more than I think we've needed them because there's quite some, there's a lot going on and nobody seems to be upset about it. Uh, in fact, parents, get angry at what the devil is trying to do with your kids and in, in this world. Let me say number two. Look with me in verse number 26 again. Be ye angry. Say those next three words with me. And sin not. Oh, here's the, the pastor. I had that first part down. I, I've got that mastered. I've got the command. That's a command, pastor. If you look at it, well, I'm commanded to be angry. Well, let's tack on the rest of that verse. And sin not. You can be angry, but we're commanded not to sin with it. Listen to this statement. We have within ourselves the ability to choose whether or not we will sin or not sin in our anger. This statement, well, I just lost my temper, is not a justification for the words that come out of your mouth, for the actions that follow. It's not a justification. If you lose your temper, that's on you. We've all done it, but that's on you. You don't have some condition 
You know, I have spiritual PTSD, and that's why I did that. Well, that, 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 that's made up, too. That's an excuse and a justification for you saying things you shouldn't say, you doing things you shouldn't say. You have a choice of whether or not when you get angry, you sin in your anger. You have a choice. We're commanded, be angry, but sin not. I'm trying to guard myself. I want us all to guard ourselves from unforgiveness, from a life of bitterness. Bitterness destroys. And the devil knows what he's doing. He knows how God made us. He knows how we react. He even knows what God has said to safeguard ourselves. And so we get angry about something and may be justified in our anger about how we react about it. We cannot justify that goes against the word of God just because I got upset. There's a lot of Christians right now who sit at home and they ought to be in church and they justify their rebellion against the word of God because they got angry. Well, this, and it may be something they were justified in being angry about. Well, I, I, got, I got slighted in this way. Well, maybe you shouldn't have been slighted. They sit at home. They don't serve God. They, they're not tithing to the things of God. Well, I don't go to church there. You, nowhere will you find a qualifier that just because you don't attend church faithfully that God lets you out of your tithe? Just because you don't go to church doesn't mean all the things that you're still commanded to do doesn't apply. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people who don't go to church who can't get ahead. It's because God's still saying, okay, I'm going to get it one way or another. Uh, it, that's just the reality. I can't, I can't be justified in that. Well, well, Pastor, you don't know what happened to me. I may not, and it may be a horrible thing you're reminded of every single day. You may have been offended. You may have gotten, but your reaction to it, you can't blame on the fact that you just got angry. Because you can get angry and you can sin not. Every person in this room has been wronged. And whether or not you live in a bitter life is your decision. Not, it's not up to the person who wronged you. It's not up to the one who offended you. It's up to you. I, I made it my mind a long time ago. I'm not letting what somebody else has ever done make me be miserable. Well, Pastor, if you just knew how hard of it, what does that have to do with anything? There's too many Christian victims. Well, I'm just, I don't have to live according to the Bible because I was a victim. That, there's a reckoning coming. Because God is not mocked. He's not mocked. And we can be angry and sin not. Let me give some examples of how we sin in our anger. We sin with our attitudes. They just got a bad attitude. That is a reaction. That's a sinful reaction to anger. Oh, you, you see. you see. It's funny because it's your kids, not my kids. You see these little kids, you see mom and dad get onto them, and you see those arms fold, and that lip stick out, and they just got, they got an attitude. That's, you know, mom, dad, don't be, oh, that's so cute. No, it's not. No, it's not. 
it's funny to me. Well, anyway, but because I know mom and dad. Anyway, uh, they sit there and they're, well, they're, they're sitting with attitude. Well, let's be careful. As a child of God, have you ever been offended where you sit back on the seat and be like, you may not physically cross your arms, you may not physically stick your lip out, but in your heart, in your attitude, is like, I ain't going to hear a word they said. You know, Pastor mentioned something about watching people sing last week, so I'll move my mouth so he thinks I'm singing, but I'm not going to do it. That's sitting with your attitude. Uh, we, don't, we don't allow a three-year-old to do it. A 30-year-old shouldn't do it either. We can sin with our words. I think everybody would say, all of us could say, we've said, some, we've said something in the past we wish we hadn't said. That's why we have to be very careful not to sin with our anger. When you're emotional, grief, sorrow, anger, fear, that's the worst time in the world to make a decision. That's the worst time in the world to try and many times articulate your feelings because uh, we can say things. Uh, don't ever say anything in anger. We sin with our actions. Uh, it's, it's a bad thing when Christians lash out at each other and seeking to hurt because they're angry. Um, it, it, we, in this, if you understand yourself, it helps you understand other people. You understand what I, as a person, I'm prone to feel and my reaction. If I don't guard myself, you know, well, I have somebody who said this, this about me. I have this, 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 this prodigal, this loved one that said this. Does it mean it's true? No, it just means they're angry. And they lash out. Don't, don't be careful not to sin with our actions. We sin with our choices. Um, many Christians will quit their ministry in church because they got angry about something. They'll, and, it, and this is this is good for me, just as the pastor I mentioned from time to time. Um, you you quitting a ministry? You will. If they just don't want to use me. I'm just going to pull back. That ain't on me. That's on you. That, 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 that's, a, that's a poor reaction on your part. Again, I'm not going to minimize if somebody did something they shouldn't have done, somebody offended, whatever. We can deal with that. But you cannot, we're told to be angry and sin not. Can you imagine if I, as the pastor, acted that way? Well, they just weren't as excited as I thought they should be about that joke I told. And by the way, every time you laugh at one of my jokes, all my kids collectively rolled their eyes. Um, I sit them down and try out the material on them at home before we come. But, um, you know, they, well, I just, they, it's, I just don't think I, no. We don't sin, be angry and sin not. Um, I'm not going to quit the ministry just because somebody else does something that, you know, would make me angry. Uh, we ought to be careful with our choices. Um, you know, spouses, uh, when you're angry, you can make some bad choices. Uh, we got to be very careful. I said, number one, we must understand that anger in and of itself is not a sin. I hasten, number two, be angry and sin not. Verse number 26, we continue. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. I say, number three, deal with anger quickly. 
it's a good practice to deal with all of our sin quickly. If we're speaking very specifically tonight about anger, the Bible says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Don't let the day end without you dealing with what you got mad about. If you can't do anything about it, you take it to God and you give it to Him. They don't deserve forgiveness, neither did you, neither do I. But God granted it anyway. He's our standard, not the person who offended us. So we ought to be willing to grant that, deal with anger very quickly. And notice very, very quickly, we talk, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. When you don't deal with anger, don't miss this, it turns into wrath in a day's time. Don't let the sun go down on it. We must be willing to, you know how many crimes are committed in the heat of anger? You know how much road rage is done in the heat of anger? You know how many angry tweets have been posted in the heat of anger? Life-altering decisions are made in the midst of anger. We must deal with that anger. Let me give you a few thoughts considering, considering uh, three principles re regarding this. While that which has caused the anger may go unresolved, the anger must be resolved anyway. There's a lot of situations you and I face in life we can't fix in a day. You, you might have a hard time fixing some of them ever in a lifetime. But that does not mean that I'm not supposed to deal with my anger, deal with my wrath. Do not wait to fix a problem to deal with the anger. The quicker you face it, the better the opportunity to prevent the anger from turning into wrath. There are problems that I have to deal with. I cannot fix them. I cannot fix them today. I'm going to do everything I can to fix them. But I've got to stop being angry about it. I've got to do some things to keep... Why? Because I'm supposed to guard me. I'm supposed to guard my spirit. I'm supposed to keep myself from getting bitter. So I must deal with... I'm just going to stew on it for a while. That's, that's a dangerous thing to do. Uh, it can destroy you. And too many times, Christians, we like to be angry. Uh, for whatever reason, we like it. Uh, no, we ought to deal with it. Immedi immediately take your anger to the Lord. The quicker you confess the anger to the Lord, the better the chance that you will not return to sin or cause wrath in your life. Remember one of the things where we can sin when we get angry is with our thoughts. Um, we can think some horrible things about people who make us angry, can't we? Just because we don't verbalize it doesn't mean it's not a sin. And before we say it, we're going to think it. And before you get on the phone and say it to somebody else, you're going to think it. Before you post something online, you're going to think it. Before you pull somebody aside and say, this is what they, you know, I'm just angry about, you're going to think it. Why will we go to a best friend and voice our anger before we go to God and confess it? Um, we have that responsibility. Take your anger to the Lord. Do not allow anger to lead to wrath. Sometimes it's mentioned that they just have anger issues. Again, it's a justification for sinning with our anger. 
I just have anger issues. You've got sin issues. You've got bitterness issues. You've got an unwillingness to confess your sinful thoughts and actions to the Lord. Um, when people do not deal with that anger, that's going to turn to that wrath, and there's going to be actions that take place. Let me put it this way. Anger which is left unresolved leads to wrath, and wrath is like turning a campfire into a forest fire. That little forest, that campfire turning into a forest fire that does all that damage. It takes all those years for those trees to grow back. We can be angry about something. When we sin in that anger, it can turn into wrath. We're supposed to deal with it. Don't let the sun go down at number four. Look at verse 27. Neither give, this is a hard verse to live, but it's the one we got to keep in front of us all the time. Neither give place to the devil. Number four, don't give Satan a place in your heart. Would you set a place at your kitchen table, invite the devil in to sit down at your table and spend time with your family? Now, there's a whole lot of ways I could run that. But in the context of our study tonight, why do we give him a place in our life through anger? There are, and I keep re, 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 referring because it's good for us to be reminded that we're capable of the same thing. There are miserable Christians today who have ruined their life because of anger. And they gave, they're, they're involved in things they never would have dreamed they were involved in. And it's all because they gave the devil a place in their heart. They gave him a place by not being, that's right. They don't love you. They don't care about you. Yeah, that church is a bunch of legalists. Yeah, they, who, you think God, you think the Spirit of God is really telling you that? That's, that's the devil. That's your own emotion. That's your flesh. So, Pastor, that, that would never happen to me. It, it very well can happen to you. That's why we're told we need to guard against bitterness. We need to guard against anger. Because in that anger, it can turn to wrath. We, don't, we can give place. I don't, I, to God be the glory, I have never tasted of alcohol. Now, I thank God, other than NyQuil, I thank God that I can say that. I don't say that in both. I thank God for the way I was reared. I know everybody didn't have the, the, the advantages I had. So, but I, I'm going to give God the glory for my testimony. I don't want to. I've lived 46, almost 47 years. Why in the world would I go to that now? So I'm not ordering nachos from the bar. Because I don't, I want to guard myself. Does this make sense? Because I'm not just because that 46, almost 47. I can give that testimony to God be the glory. Doesn't mean it, that it can't happen if I don't drop the guard. Because if I drop it, I can fall like anybody else. That would be a way for me to give a place to the devil. But why is it when it comes to our anger? We don't guard ourselves. 
We have to guard ourselves. Don't give him a place in your heart. Very quickly, when we do not deal spiritually with our anger, it's like putting a welcome mat out for the devil. He is looking, he is looking, he is not down at the bars tonight looking for Christians to ruin their lives. He's at places like the Emmanuel Baptist Church looking for Christians who are mad about something. Looking for Christians who are angry at something. We've got to be careful at this political climate and the things that make us angry to respond correctly to it. Things that take place in our life, <clears throat> it's okay to get angry, but you have to deal with it in a spiritual manner. And we cannot give place to the devil. When we do not deal with that anger, we give him a place. And let me just mention some places that and this will help us tonight. And this will help explain uh, what has taken place in the life of those that we love. Uh, here's what happens when that emotion of anger, there are other emotions that attach themselves to that anger. One of them is worry. Um, I could put the word obsess with worry. Satan will cause us to worry about that which has angered us, and that will lead us to be bitter. As a Christian, you know we're not supposed to worry. Uh, another one is fear. Sometimes we get filled with fear because we have to do with our anger. We wonder what, what's going to happen, what could happen. That'll, always, that'll also lead us to bitterness, disappointment. Somebody does something that makes us angry, and we've had a disappointment. I can't, I can't believe disappointment. Let me remind all of us, every person we know is flesh. We should strive to live by the Spirit of God. But every one of us in here have made and will make mistakes. Well, I just, I can't believe this happened. I'm just, I'm becoming an atheist now. We laugh, but there's some who sat in churches like this. I'm just, I just, I'm becoming an atheist now. I just, I just don't believe there's, there's, you know, and they're recanting God. No, you're not an atheist. You're an idiot. Oh, I said that in anger. Sorry, Lord. Um, that's foolishness. Uh, it gets us to, well, I'm just disappointed. We've all been disappointed. You know, here's something to help, help us. Do you get as disappointed with yourself as you do with other people when you make a mistake? Do you get as disappointed at your failures as you do as everybody else around you as you get disappointed in theirs, you get angry about theirs? It would do us a whole lot of good if we as Christians, we got as angry at our failures and sin as we did as everybody else. I just can't believe they're acting that way. But we don't ever get upset about our, uh, what, what, our failures. Disillusionment. We get disillusioned by the truth and disillusioned by right because we've become bitter. There, there, there are, are people today that hate the very things that have made them. And it started with anger. I don't need God. Not the Bible. Uh, well, how did that? How did that happen? Well, they got angry and they didn't deal with it. Gave the devil a place. They never. They never would have dreamed they would have got there. But the pattern is the same. The Bible is true. 
And I think we need to be reminded of that. There's a progression that once we go, that's why, as your pastor, it's my responsibility to say, don't even go down that path. You're not the exception. You're not going to be the first one who did not go through this progression of anger and not dealing with that anger and sending in that anger and it becoming wrath, giving the place to the devil. Then you're disillusioned about the very things that created you. You're not going to be the first one that can go against what God says will take place. It's not going to happen. Sadness. You know, as a Christian, we got to live with joy. Some of, the, some of the most miserable people, some of the saddest people. I guess it's, it's a little bit of maturity and experience and ministry and just dealing with people. That's probably the emotion I get when I see those who've gotten that, going down this progression. I'm sad for them. And I've got some that just, they never met me and they just cuss me. It's because of what I stand for, and I, I'm the pastor. If you were the pastor, they'd cuss you. I don't get angry at them. I feel sorry for them. Because I know how happy I am with all of the rules and restrictions that the Bible places on me. I know how happy I am. I've got joy. They're just sad. I feel like Donald Trump. Sad. Um, sadness. Weariness. As a Christian, you know what it's like to have peace? I know it's like to have peace. I've been in the battle and had peace. I've had a broken heart and had peace. I've had sorrows but have peace. There's something where you get some rest when you have peace in the Lord. There's no rest with bitterness. It churns and churns and churns. You live long enough, you're going to run into some Christians that you used to go to church with who this describes, this is the path they went down. And when they see and they lock eyes, they, I mean, it just, I'm like, hey, good to see you. And I'm generally glad to see them. But oh, it just churns and churns. Never stops. No peace, weariness. Number five, Ephesians 4. In verse number 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. This is just a good verse for us to be reminded of. But let me say number five, beware of corrupt communication. We as Christians, we, and generally speaking, we do the cause of Christ great harm because we get angry about something and maybe justified in our anger. Just because somebody's not supposed to sin when they're angry doesn't mean you should go around offending everybody. We're to be kind. Our speech is supposed to be speech of grace. But you get angry at the truth. You get angry at, and, 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 and we can, you might be justified in your anger. But if you don't deal with your anger in a scriptural manner, it's just a matter of time before corrupt communication comes out of your mouth. I'm explaining where this path goes, but it should help us see this progression. Corrupt communication, and you can label that many things, uh, from gossip to slander to just 
ugly. There's, there's Christians who talk in a way they have no business talking. Using words they got no business using. Using vernacular they should never use. Their words are used to hurt. Their, their words are used to spread uh, mistruths. That's corrupt communication. How did it happen? It started, they got anger and they didn't deal with it. They didn't forgive when they should have forgiven. And I, I, am not, I do not want to be so arrogant that I would say I can never get there. So I must guard myself, and that's why we have to go all the way back up to anger and say, I have to deal with my anger. There's things that make me mad. You too. So we have to deal with that, or eventually corrupt communication is going to come out of our mouth. Let me just mention very quickly, our communication should be edifying. We should be building up, not tearing down. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Like we all had a mother or somebody said that to us. Not bad, I mean, we hated hearing it, but not bad advice. I shouldn't say this, but then it's like, why don't you answer me? Well, anyway, because um, I'm obedient. Um, our communication should be edifying. When a person is bitter, their words do not edify. They do not edify. The word edify means to bring improvement to another, to build. For example, someone who teaches Sunday school is edifying because they are instructing or improving others. Bitter people seldom build up. They're always tearing down. And how do they do it? With their words. A bitter person cannot edify in their communications. You know, right after they say, I'm just bitter. Well, I'm right with God. Well, the tone comes right by, I mean, one tone comes right behind the other. That doesn't sound like peace, peace be with you, brother. That's not coming out of their, their, their mouth. Our communication should minister grace to the hearers, the Bible says. To minister grace, don't please don't miss this. To minister grace means that we are speaking of God's grace rather than of other sins. We're speaking of God's grace rather than other sins. When somebody wrongs us, does something that makes us angry, if we're going to speak of God's grace, we're not talking about what that person did. We're speaking of God's goodness. We're speaking of God's grace. It's a sad thing in Christianity. You know, I've said this often, and it's, 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 it's probably going to appear in an upcoming statement and appear in an upcoming book. When I was growing up, I hear preachers all the time talk about the long-tongued woman sitting in the pew. Now the long-tongues are in the pulpit. Uh, we ought to be speaking of God's grace, God's goodness. Um, well, I just, I don't think you should go down to that. Guy. Well, what, what about God's grace? Um, there's probably Christians on this side of a church, there's probably Christians who have, have one's offended another and they don't speak to each other. And if, if they, a person ever comes up, it's a negative thing. And while I'm on this and just throwing all these bombs out tonight, if you speak against another brother and sister of Christ, you are not right with God. I don't care who it is. I don't care what the context. If somebody has offended you, you go to God. If you feel it's a big enough offense, you go to them. And if that can't be resolved, surprise, you come to me. And as the pastor of this church, that, that is scriptural. The cause of Christ is hurt, and there are things that do not get accomplished because of what I'm preaching about 
tonight, what I'm teaching on tonight, there are bitter people who haven't dealt, dealt with their anger, justified and unjustified. They haven't dealt with it properly. Eventually, corrupt communication is coming out. Aren't you thankful I'm at number six? Verse 31. Let's go back to verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath, all anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Can I just be honest and transparent as your pastor tonight? Verse 31 and verse 32, they're hard for me to do. I don't want to forgive. Absent of verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit. Number six, anger leads to grieving the Holy Spirit. Well, you don't know what they Well, I may not. And I have given this counsel, and I give it to all of us tonight. There are some offenses so big, we're not going to be able to get over it without the Holy Spirit. Without the Spirit of God. But because, how many of you are saved tonight? Okay? you got the Spirit of God living in you. There's nothing that's happened in your life you can't get over. There's nothing that's happened in your life that you can't forgive. Well, Pastor, if you, I've had some pretty good offenses. Now, I taught this before, and maybe it's good for me to teach again. I may have to forgive more than one time. But there's no excuse and there's only one way to do it. Without, you have to have the Spirit of God's help. I don't know about you. I believe this is true of all of us. But I want to be right with God. I want to be right with God more than I'm right with men. But what I've discovered, the more right with God I am, the more right with men I am. Forgiving someone who does not deserve to be forgiven is a spiritual thing. When we say, I just can't forgive them, you know what we're saying? I don't have a clue, what, I don't have a clue about the leadership of the Holy Spirit in my life. I just I can't forgive them. You know what we're saying? I'm carnal. Now, we've all been there, but we ought to be able to get victory over that by the Spirit of God. We cannot say on one hand, I'm full of the Holy Spirit, and I'm following the Holy Spirit, and on the other hand, I'm bitter, I'm angry, I'm not forgiving. The two do not go together. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us when we don't forgive, it grieves the Spirit of God. When we don't deal with our anger properly, it grieves the Spirit of God. So I'm just going to help all of us tonight for future reference, because I know we don't need this today. We'll need it in the future. If you will not forgive and you won't deal with your anger and corrupt communications coming out of your mouth and you're delusioned about the things of God, and you come to me and say, well, I know I'm right with God. I don't believe you. Because God has said it grieves the Spirit of God. I know we all came in with our King James Bible and our independent Baptist beliefs tonight, and we should. By the way, we're not giving those up either, just for the record. 
But who in your heart have you not forgiven? Who are you angry at? Is that bitterness settling in? I could continue to, I don't have, I'm out of time, but before that fruit shows, the root is growing. So long before it is manifested in your speech and action, it's unresolved in your life. Life is too short to be mad at anybody. Life is too short to lose a day in bitterness. I know there's people who their health problems would go away if they get rid of their bitterness. That's just from a medical scientific standpoint. There's a lot their trouble would stop if they would get rid of their bitterness and they'd have the blessings of God. You can, As a Christian, you cannot have the blessings of God as a bitter person. You cannot. Because once it takes a hold, these actions manifest itself. And long, It's not just, you ought to forgive, okay? And we say that, and we know that. But we say, well, it's like it's a switch. Okay, I've got, I've got some forgiveness cards. I can use that one. It's done. Oh, no, no, no. We have to go back to the anger. Because that's why we need to forgive anyway, because the offense made us angry. Does this make sense? And so I've got to deal with that anger. If I don't, this is why the corrupt communication comes out. This is why the delusionment with the things of God is bitterness. That's why be quick to do business with God. Be quick to forgive. Be quick to take your anger to God. Don't let it go unresolved. Don't. That's why God speaks so clearly about unity in the church. Nothing outside of these walls. Well, what if the government, this or that, and this and that, they take away everything? I don't want that to happen. But they can't stop God's church. Read the book of Acts. The more they oppressed, the more it grew. They can't stop God's church. But more churches have been destroyed from the in. They're all destroyed from the inside. Well, I just, if you knew, Pastor, if you knew, you know, I, I don't, maybe I need to know, but most of the time I don't need to know because it's the response or the reaction. How many of you like football? Watch football? Okay. You ever seen anybody give a late hit in football? You all know what that is, ladies? It's when you hit late. Um, it's a – and what happens? The referee doesn't see that. But as soon as that guy gets up and pushes back, He's the one that gets flagged. When I was in junior high in the 80s, I remember watching college football, and I remember seeing Billy Henson hitting late and dirty on every play when he played for Florida. Every play. Check the tape. It's there. And the person who would react to that always got flagged. Because we all know the referees cheated for Florida anyway. So don't get angry at that. Deal with your anger. Um, 
It's the same, it's same thing, but bigger stakes in life. I'm not going to answer for anything other than me. I, I'm gonna, there's a lot of Christians going to answer for their, their wrong reaction to a real offense. They think they're going to be judged by somebody else's actions against them. No, they're not. They're going to be judged by their reaction, them not dealing with their anger. Let's, let's guard, guard against bitterness. It's sad watching the destruction, the crumbling of a Christian life from the inside because of bitterness. I, I'll close with this. Have I said that yet tonight? Okay, I'll, clo I'll close with this. I'll close with these six illustrations. Um, as a pastor, I've had to, I had to, I, I've, I, well, I've had to help, had the privilege of helping a lot of Christians overcome a lot of things. And sin takes its toll. It's easier to get into sin than it is to get out of it. I've, ranging from you, you name it. But I tell you the one, I wish it was not so. I tell you the one, the Christian that I, I can't help, it's the one that's been destroyed by bitterness. Because it will not let them go. But probably a better way of saying is that they won't let it go. I'm not saying it's hopeless. It's easy for me to counsel somebody and help somebody out of the bar than it is for the Christian who attends church from time to time who's eat up with bitterness and angry at God, the world, and everybody. Where does it start, anger? Deal with your anger. Father, help us tonight.